Hello, welcome back to the Property Empress podcast. This is episode three, seven steps to start investing in property. And welcome, Anna. I should say hello first. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, everyone. It's so lovely to be back. After the last episode, I was raring to go. So it's really nice to be here again. So thank you. I think I'm safe to say here that we're both a little bit addicted <laughs> to uh, podcasting now. Uh, I know. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Absolutely. And we've got so much to talk about. We're just like, okay, when can we, when can we record again? This is so addictive. <laughs> so, um, which is awesome, which is a great start. Yeah, exactly. First couple of episodes were really sort of intro episodes, getting to know what the podcast is, some little starter tips. And at episode three, this is very exciting. We're going to get some practical tips of how to actually start and not just theory. These mm. are official tips from Anna. So <laughs> I absolutely cannot wait. I have a pen. I have a notepad. I'm ready. You're ready. Clear so, the rest of your day. You've got steps to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask you if you're going to go up or down, seven to one or one to seven. So one to seven. Yeah. So the, the idea of this, because this is what I share when I do my bicep course, I gave this is kind of for the first week, the steps that you can go through to put everything into practice that you've learned. Because a lot of the time people do the, you know, we do the two day training or people learn about property and then they're like, well, where do I start? And it's a really nice, easy steps to do that are very powerful actually to get you started with property and because it's seven because it's for the first week so ideally one a day but of course if people want to do it slower or faster they obviously can but the idea is this is week one of being a property investor and putting everything you've learned into practice right i'm looking forward to this i'm going to do them all now Okay. (laughs) And also they're quite, I think they're quite straightforward. They're quite simple Mm -hmm. to implement. Um, There's one that takes a little bit more, and we might maybe go do maybe the next episode on that particular one because there's a little bit more, but everything else I think is pretty straightforward. Awesome. I cannot wait. So take take it away. I'm ready. Yes. Fab. So the first thing, step one, is to check your credit file because the chances are you'll be considering using mortgages and the better your credit file is, the better rates you'll get, the more likely you are to get good lending. But be, to be really, really clear, if you have horrible credit, it's absolutely not a problem and you can adapt. So if you wanna buy buy to lets and you absolutely can't get mortgages, you adapt to it. You can either use angel investors, for example, 100%. Sometimes bridging will work if buy to let mortgages won't. You know, there's, there's ways around it. So don't worry if you check your credit file and it's, it's not as good as you'd like it to be. Also realize it's it doesn't have to be perfect to get lending. I spoke to a lady yesterday who was like, oh, I had a really you know terrible credit. And I always say, check your credit file, talk to mortgage broker, because even if you don't have good credit, you can potentially still get mortgages. So, okay, so it's what we understand with credit is very different from how a lender looks at it. So don't do, it's just purely to see what's there. Okay, yeah, so you just to understand where your credit is at exactly. rather than to check it. Okay, so, so the, the, how do we do that? Just so there's there's three credit files. Currently, there are three credit files in the UK. So there's, mm-hmm. and I always forget the third one, but there's Equifax. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the second one now. So it's Cool <laughs> Credit that is now something else. But there's Experian, Equifax, and I can't remember the third one that used to be Cool Credit. 
but there's three credit files and there's mm-hmm. an uh, and I'm not affiliated with this website but there's a website called check my file so it's checkmyfile.co.uk you can okay. check all three in one place because what sometimes people do is they go to Equifax and they go they look at their credit and they go brilliant my credit's great they'll fix any problems they apply for lending and that lender uses a different credit file so it's okay. really important to check all three in one place and what you're looking for is you're having a look at what your credit is and cha- and uh, fixing any mistakes. So it might be a spelling mistake, it might be an address that's wrong, you might be affili- affiliated with someone that you shouldn't be affiliated with. It's not necessarily changing anything about like missed payments or anything, but it's cleaning your credit file as best you can um, and trying to make it as representative as to what you're doing. Drew did this when my husband first did this when we started 11 years ago he found that they'd put an agreement on one of his credit files, which basically said that he had an agreement to pay to, basically it's a bit like having um, like a debt plan thing with the credit Mm -hmm. company. And it wasn't true. It actually wasn't correct. And he spoke to everyone and it got taken off. So if he hadn't checked, he wouldn't have known. Um, And he had really bad credit, so he couldn't get credit cards. And he spent the last 11 years like building his credit again. Um, But by understanding that, he, he thought he wasn't getting... Uh, credit cards because he had bad credit actually there was a mistake on his file right so it is worth doing whether you've got good credit whether you've got bad credit just giving a bit of love and attention to your credit file will really really help and to know for yourself what your credit is doing but remember a lender looks for different things as to us we're not looking for perfect credit we're just looking at what's there so when you talk to mortgage brokers and stuff you have a better idea you can send your credit files to the mortgage brokers sometimes and they can give you some advice they also give you when you go to check my file they also give you information on how to build your credit how to improve your credit and if there are if there is anything you spot that's that's wrong then you can message check my file and they'll give you some help on how to fix it Okay. Is there a, a charge for Check My File? You can do, last time I checked, you can do um, a free trial. I think mm-hmm. it's like a 14-day free trial. So you can download your credit and do all of the above and then just cancel it. But to be honest, as a property investor, we ha- we religiously check. Well, I say we re- we used to, not so much anymore. <laughs> but we do, when, when, when we're going for lending, we will go back and check. But I think it's about £14 a month and you can check once a month your credit. Um, okay. because things do change twice in the last 10 years being on the electoral is really important for your credit so it's, it's a big plus point being on the electoral and twice in the last years i've dropped off the electoral i've not moved i've not pulled myself off the electoral i've just dropped off but by checking my credit file each month i found it and i resolved it and, and it got put back on again and then a few years oh. later it dropped back. so it's happened twice so that's so again, it's not necessarily what you're doing; it's what the credit files doing. Interesting. Okay, so it fantastic. is an expense. If you don't, if you don't want to be spending, just do the the free one. Then you know, and don't worry about it. But if you can, ideally, be checking every month. Right. Number one, credit file check. Number one. Uh, the second one is to connect with a good mortgage broker. <laughs> and uh-huh. if you watch my lives, <laughs> I this is this is something I share probably a hundred times a day on TikTok and in my lives. Speak to a good mortgage broker because they will be able to get you uh, advice and help and support and share, you know, you, the chances of you getting advice that mortgage, the best rates, if there's anything about your circumstances that is going to be an issue. For example, if you don't have very good credit, speak to a broker, they'll be able to look and say yes or no to the advice that lending. And like I said, whatever happens, whether it's a yes or a no, more to the point, if it's a no, I guess. 
um, that you can't get lending. It's not a problem. You just need to adapt your strategy. But speak to a good mortgage broker. I'm very happy to recommend my guy. He is amazing. Um, the reason I like my guy, because I've only started using him relatively well the last kind of year. The reason I really like him is when I first spoke to him, because I talked to him a lot about my clients. I send all my clients to him. And one of my early conversations with him was about um, someone who had money but didn't have income. And we were talking about, because with some lender, well, with lenders, they like for you to have some income in case the tenant can't pay, basically. Yeah. And he said, well, they could do rent to rent to build their income and that would meet the affordability criteria for the lender. And I was like, wow, the fact that you know what rent to rent is. And I was like, he's a solutions orientated creative thinker. Yeah. So he's basically my equivalent as a mortgage broker Amazing. so and he's great and he will you know he will talk to, he's just so good if you've got a quirky situation he will scour the market and find a, a solution for you he will always come with a solution um so he's fab um i don't know should i should i mention his name here like he's happy for me to pass out you, his details you, of. you can do why not then why not why not we can just so, give his first name <laughs> yeah well his name's stephen pendry from Willow okay. Private Finance, okay. um, and he's absolutely fantastic. He really is. Uh, I TikTok have kept him busy <laughs> the last few months. Brilliant. Okay, so but but how speak... how do you know? So how do you know? You say find a good broker. Yeah, that's I mean, that's if it. If you've got no experience, you don't really know what you're looking yeah. for. So the is... the main questions to ask: Are you whole of markets? Because uh -huh. some mortgage brokers are not whole of market. They go to certain lenders. but And then whatever whatever they say, say, so which lenders can't you go to? Because even Steve, even Stephen, even Stephen can't go to every, <laughs> he's whole of market. Any, mm -hmm. any lender, this is my understanding, like I'm sure he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but any lender, because some lenders don't go through intermediaries. You have to go to them directly. Um, not many, but there are some. So if you speak to a mortgage broker and you say, are you whole of market? Stephen will say yes, because he's whole of market. The next question for me would be, what lenders can't you go to? And see what they say. It's a right. bit of a trick question, because I think with Stephen, he would be like, oh, well, there's there are a few, and I don't know if he'd listen, but he would acknowledge that there are some he can't go okay. to. So for me, that would be the question that I would be asking. Okay, so if they're saying, oh, everybody, you're like, hmm. Yeah, You're, they so will. There mean, are lenders that don't go through intermediaries, so I was, okay. you know, I, that's for me like a good kind of question okay. to start mm -hmm. with. Um, and there was another question that now eludes me. Um, the 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 other what was the other word that's so it's ask if you're hard of market. The other thing really to with when dealing with mortgage brokers is to. Use your gut instincts. Like when you're talking to them, you're like, "These are this is my situation." Are they a yes person or a no person? Like, are they looking for ways to help you rather than just going, "Oh no, you just can't get you can't get a mortgage." Sure. Like that's not I don't that's not helpful to me. Don't tell me what I can't do. Tell me what I can do or how I can do it. Like, yeah. what do I need to do to like? So, for example, I don't meet the lending criteria. So, how can I meet the lending criteria? Right. And you'll gauge a good mortgage broker because they'll be like, well, this is what you can do. To give you an example, actually, when I started, we started looking for a mortgage broker. Um, in fact, we were looking for like a financial advisor mortgage broker, and we spoke to three people. The first two people said to us, um, "You've got property wrong." You do property when you retire. Stick with your day jobs. When you retire, then start thinking about buying houses. No. Oh, my and then, God. I know. 
And then we met the third guy and he went, you've got property exactly right. And he said, this is how you do it. And we used him and we built our portfolio. <laughs> it's a bit like that pretty woman moment. You know, she goes into the shop and they won't serve her. And she goes back and she's like, do you work on commission? Big mistake, big, huge. <laughs> it was a bit like that with the with the financial advisors. We were like, you're going to regret this because we're going to buy loads of houses. <laughs> and then phone you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. We should have phoned them back and said that bit. Um, so yeah, to, for, to be honest, for me, it's are they a yes person or a no person you'll you'll kind right. of feel get a feel for it straight away that was the second thing i was gonna i was gonna say um fees it's a really important one so mm-hmm. some lender sorry some mortgage brokers you pay a fee and they get paid through you some get paid by the lender and some do a blend of both so right. a lot so also don't use you can use them but I would look for an independent of the estate agent, mortgage broker. I'm sure there are, I'm sure I'm doing a massive disservice to a lot of brokers by saying this, but for me, find someone that's nothing to do with an estate agent. They're completely free of any kind of ties. But with um, with the fee, very often brokers can do it for free like they're like you don't have to pay anything so it's the lender that's paying them commission and i know that they're professional i know they can you know they won't get swayed by the by that but on some level i always think are you choosing the best lender or is this the best fee that you're getting it doesn't feel impartial if the lender's paying you and i'm your client it just it doesn't feel aligned with my ethics you you would like to pay them for the job i would prefer to pay them even if it's a mix even if they're paying get if i'm paying some amount and the lender is also paying them that feels better to me to be honest if people are happy you know to not pay and they're happy for the lender that's fine if that aligns with you you know brilliant for me personally it just doesn't align i think it's better to mm. have a mix so it's just something to be aware of with the costings just because they're free doesn't mean they're the best lender uh, broker. that makes sense cool okay so step three step is three. on a similar <laughs> thread speak to a good accountant <laughs> okay because when buying property there's a lot of tax stuff to be aware of and again maybe a whole new episode for this but basically there's a lot to think about with tax and speaking to an accountant before you do anything they can tell you how best to structure the purchases and to structure the portfolio and the deals and stuff that is the most tax efficient for you personally for your circumstances um, if you buy a property and then speak to an accountant there's not much they can do so it's really useful to speak to the accountant first give all your information tell them what you're planning on doing and they can give you some guidance on how to set up usually people's question is do i buy my own name or a limited company name and in all honesty very simplistic view talk to a mortgage broker sorry talk to an accountant they can give you some advice very simple simple simplistic view is if you're a higher rate taxpayer so if you're paying 40 45 percent tax usually buying in a limited company is going to save you on tax if you're a basic rate taxpayer so 20 percent, then usually it's much of a muchness like you're paying broadly the same amount of tax um but everyone's situation is unique and different but people can't kind of be like oh it's better it's safer being in a a limited company it's not necessarily the case very broad rule of brush is usually limited company for higher rate and if you're basic no but talk to an accountant they will be able to give you specific advice okay gotcha so step four four. is vision boarding like what do you want to create in your life how do you want your life to feel and yes it can be the holidays and the nice house and stuff but how do you want to feel like it's because that stuff kind of comes and goes it's it's quite superficial it's fine to have like it's fine to be like i want to be live in a bigger house 
but really explore your dreams. Like, how do you want your day-to-day life to be? Is there anything you'd really like? Are there any hobbies you'd like to take up when, when you have more time? When you have more money, is there anything you'd like to do with it? Do you want to volunteer your time? But um, write a book, start a business, really explore your dreams. Do and if you, it doesn't have to be a vision board. It can be however you, whatever works for you, whatever tool works for you. But explore your dreams. If anything was possible, if you're guaranteed to succeed, what? How would you want your life to be? and get big with it you know as in not like I want to buy a mansion but you know really allow yourself to give yourself permission to actually because for me where like I think I shared on the first episode what the big thing for us was not setting the alarm not being in rush hour being able to go to the gym at night it was the small things (laughs) like what small things do you when I say get big I'm talking about this weirdly the small things yeah but if anything is possible and give space and love and time for your dreams um, in whatever way works for you. And then what follows on is step five, which links really beautifully into that. Once you have your dreams, and this can just be your starting dreams. It it will change as you go go along. But at the start, what, what are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to create? Find a strategy that supports that. So then finalize your strategy. So okay. if, for example, I mean, this 19-year-old wants to go traveling. So his strategy was buy to lets because it's the most passive income. Um, whereas, I don't know, if someone has loads of debt that they want to clear and they want to feel free of the burden of debt, then, you know, property, uh, obviously property, flipping would be potentially yeah. their strategy. But you can really nail it down. So for this 19-year-old, for example, he might want a £1,000 a month net passive income. So it's like, well, let's get three properties because that... So it can be... The strategy can be as clear as three prop- three buy-to-lets using angel investor funds, for example, buying cheap properties, being able to pay them back, you know, whatever, it, whatever your strategy is. When we started, it was buy three properties to flip to yeah. clear the debt. Then get four bicelets and two HMOs to build the passive income because we're living in London. We had quite a high expense, you know, basic living costs. When we lost, when I lost my job, we moved into my mum's spare room. Then it became, well, let's flip a fourth property. And then actually it was only about three or four bicelets. And we had our, you know, um, income from the portfolio to support ourselves. So I like it to be quite clear based on the dreams, but it depends on the individual. Sometimes it's like we'll build enough bicelets that it can support us, you know. So it can be a little bit loose if you need it to be. Okay, beautiful. Okay, how how are we doing at this point? Are you, <laughs> are you diligently Good. writing? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm saying nothing. I'm just, all my energy is going into writing. I love it. This is amazing. So the sixth one is a little bit trickier. Okay. So this yeah. is the other ones. I think are fairly straightforward. You know, you call the broker you know, do your dreams. Mm -hmm. The sixth one is to do your area comparison. So this is a little bit more, this might need to be a a new, uh, possibly next episode. Um, But you're doing an area comparison because once you have your strategy, you know, you've you've clear, you're clear with your strategy, like buy to lets or flips or, you know, however you're doing it, you then look for an area to support that strategy. Right. So okay. this is going to have to be a bit more, but broadly speaking, what you're looking for, I think, as I mentioned on the previous uh, episode, the further north you go tends to be long term, tends to be more better for cash flow, and the further south you go, better for cash appreciation. So in the Midlands, like a bit of both. So what you want to be doing is, is so say for example, so when we started, we so say we're building the buy lets, but we want a nice uplift because we want to be, we're using angel investors, we want to be able to pull our money out. Um, and for various reasons, we're looking in the Midlands. So what I would be doing is I'd be comparing three areas. So, and this can be just literally like 
and this, in fact, this is what we did. We were, I grew up in Northampton, I had family there. Part of the reason I was doing it was to see my family more because I was working so much, I wasn't really seeing them. So I would start with Northampton. Um, and then basically you choose other, you choose three areas that you think might work, that you think probably in that, like maybe, oh, I've heard Liverpool's really good, so I'll chuck Liverpool in. And maybe I'll just pull one out of the bag and just go, I don't know, Corby or no, or Leicester or something. But you choose three areas that you think might work. And you look on Right Move and you go for the cheapest three bedroom terrace property that's not auction and is not complete mess. So it may be light renovation or a bit of renovation, but not a complete guts, gut job, like, you know. Yeah. Um, and you look for the cheapest three bedroom terrace in all those three areas and each of those properties that you find so say you find three high streets terrace property um you then work out what you think that property will rent for based on again you can go on right move um and look for the properties for rent in the local area um, and gauge roughly what you think it's going to be rented for so you then have three of the cheapest properties in those areas and you have the rental price and you compare the three areas and you will see based on the numbers so say for example uh, in fact, I did an area comparison recently. So in Northampton, the cheapest three-bedroom terrace property that I could find, I think was 140K. The cheapest in Liverpool was, oh God, I can't remember, I think about 60K. So... <laughs> what? I've, I've been ripped off here. <laughs> <laughs> and when you live down south, the numbers seem crazy. Oh they my really God, do. I'll take four. <laughs> exactly. Four of the police. But when, but the rentals... We're not too, so it was that thing of, so basically when we did that, I can't remember the exact numbers, but basically it was like 140 and then roughly half the price was in Liverpool. And then what we realized was that um, we could basically buy the equivalent of two houses in Liverpool for the same price as one house in Northampton and the income would be broadly the same. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does totally make sense. So yes. whether we buy one house in Northampton, say the cash flow is like, you know, £400 a month or buy two in Liverpool and the cash flow is £400 a month. The big difference between the two was that the uplift was much higher in Northampton. So we wow. were like, but, but if we, if it, we only had, if we were only had, say we didn't want to use angels, we only had a certain amount of money, we didn't want to borrow money, then well, I'd rather buy two in Liverpool because it's better to have two than it is to have one because of diversifying risk. Mm -hmm. However, there's the uplift in Northampton, so maybe that would be better. So you have to, looking at okay. the stats, looking at the numbers, looking objectively, you you can normally see where, what area is best yeah. for you. You have to kind of analyze the data. But the things to look for is obviously, find the, the cheapest property, the rental, look at the cash flow. Yeah. So you and the way uh yeah the way that you do that is you look at the I'm I'm realizing that there's there's a lot to this but basically you look at the rents minus the mortgage which you're looking for interest rate mortgage which you can probably input you can probably google like a buy to let mortgage calculator yeah. but work out what the mortgage would be um again if you've spoken to your mortgage broker you might have an idea of how much you can borrow and what the re interest rates are and things like that but it's the rent minus the mortgage minus the 10% of the rent ex average expense cost so 10% right. of the rent that we get in we put to one side and that builds a slush fund so if something breaks in the house or we have to pay for an EPC or something like that goes from the slush fund it keeps your income pretty consistent right, yes. and you know that what you're keeping is for you we self-manage so we don't take the letting agent cost off because we don't have one but if you're going to use a letting agent take off that and that will be your cash flow and it'll give you can work out the cash flows for the three areas to see if they're wildly different if your if your strategy is cash flow 
and one area has much better cash flow than the other two, then you're going to maybe go to that area. But also look at use land registry um, price data to look at historic. I mean, I look at the last 10 years, what's been the average return for that area. And you can compare the three different areas. Wow. <laughs> okay, so that's that really cool. It's very high level, but it's a good starting point of I want to invest, I think, in the Midlands. Whereabouts should I do? Uh, whereabouts should I be investing? And it gives a very high level guides on what the numbers are doing in that area. Sorry, would you would you do this in three, say, completely separate areas in the country and then do it again once you found your main area? With three sim so you say, could too. So you say could you done do. like say I don't really know where to invest, so I'll pick Liverpool, Leeds, and Nottingham, for yeah. instance, and then you find out that Nottingham works the best for you. Yeah. Would you then do Nottingham, Leicester, Coventry, and see Could which do. one? Yeah, if you're if because when we started, we can even though pro, where even though we knew cash flow was our strategy, we looked in London, no cash flow in London. No. <laughs> we looked in Northampton because it was two hours from where we were, and we thought it'd be better cash flow. And my, like I said, all my family there. And then we went somewhere really. It was like six hours from. I can't remember where it was, but it was like six <laughs> hours from us. Wow. And we were like, well, that's the best area, but I don't go six hours. And actually, the numbers work in Northampton, so that's where we end. That's how yeah. we end up in Northampton. So it's just a. But you're you're absolutely right. You can kind of just do anything, like do wherever you're drawn to to begin with. You can do it as many times as you want. I've got one of the people doing my course at the moment. She did. She did many more than three. I don't know how many she did in the end, but she did a big, you know, number of area comparisons. And then she <laughs> landed in Northampton. <laughs> I was like, um, but she did the numbers and they work. So I was like, well, there you go. So you can, you can, you okay. can kind of narrow it down. You can definitely like, you could even go within Northampton and look at the different areas yeah. and stuff. Like I said, it's very high level, but it's a good starting point because yeah, there's lots yeah. of more stuff. And we'll do another episode on this. There's lots more area research you can do, but for now do the area comparisons. It gives you an idea of where you can, you can land for your area. Right. Gotcha. And then the final step is, is Rich Dad Poor Dad, I think, is a fantastic book. So the the step yeah. is um, you can either read Rich Dad Poor Dad, listen to the audio book, or do what I like to do and watch the 10-minute summary on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> For the lazy amongst us, or the time efficient, should I say, uh, you can watch the, you know, you can watch the summary to get a feel for it. Yes. Um, but if you want to read the book even better. But it's to start thinking, it, you know, the rich mindset is such an important part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think once you I've read I've read that book, obviously, a couple yeah. of years ago. And like I said, it's it's changing your mindset. It's mm. it, like I said, it's really understanding that it doesn't make sense. Probably for everybody it doesn't make sense the way you're doing things now with yeah. going to work. And yeah. It's but unless it's just the way everybody's brought up. It's insane. That's it. That's so exactly it. it. If you don't know the book, it's it just the rich dad, poor dad. I, I just love it so much. Basically, his dad is the poor dad. So Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote the book, uh, his biological dad, his dad that brought him up, you know, his dad it was the poor dad. And he taught him to get a good education, not get any debt, save money, get a good job. And that's what he had done. His dad had done. And his dad ended up, you know, just having, I think, 
in fact I think he died with loads of debt I don't exactly know the story but basically his dad was like really on the hamster wheel and mm-hmm. and Robert Kiyosaki had a friend I think it was a friend's dad who was this yeah. rich dad who was taught teaching him about investing in assets and passive income multiple income streams and why you shouldn't get a one job because it's one income if something happens to that job you lose all your income and also it's just leveraging your time like using passive you know passive income so he he compares and contrasts the two approaches basically and it's very much the poor mindset and the rich mindset and it is not something you're taught in school it's not something that you come across when we talk when we start certainly when we started we would tell people what we were doing they were like oh it sounds risky and we're like it's actually more risky having a a job and also then your your income is usually capped there you're told how much your worth is yeah. And the irony for me is that three months later, I lost my job. <laughs> and I was like, well, there you go. I blame well, I... Rich Dad Poor Dad because as soon as they put the thought in my mind that I could <laughs> lose it. my job, then I blimmin' lost my job. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You put it out there. Well, I've actually been made redundant twice. Yeah. So I know exactly how that feels. And uh, I couldn't agree more like I said, mm. since then. But again, I understand all this. I've just never... <laughs> I've been stuck at this hurdle yeah. for years. So mm. it does. It does. And one thing I would say if I may, I don't feel you're stuck. I feel like sometimes you you have the information and then you you process and you digest it. Everything is taking place below the surface just because you're not seeing the physical results. You're mm. you're you're spending this time training your mind. You know, yeah. the physical side of things come out kind of later, you know. So I, I don't yeah. think it's a stuck feeling. It's just your right. it's just not the right time. It hasn't <laughs> been gonna... the right time to manifest physically. And everything is happening exactly as it needs to. Because I get that. I get impatient and I think I should, you know, I want to be doing this more. Um, But the subconscious is powerful. And, uh, yeah, allowing things to happen at the right time. There's going to be an explosion of investing and suddenly I'm going to... There's that that analogy about... um, What is it? Some kind of part... What's the... um, What the pandas eat? The bamboo. Bamboo. Yes. I think it's a bamboo plant. Apparently you take five... There's some analogy where you, you water for five years and then it springs up in two weeks. And there there's some kind of lovely analogy online about, um, you know, does it take two weeks to grow or does it take five years and two weeks to grow? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's really... Like it. I love it. I really heard it ages ago and I love it. And that's what I think. It's like you're, you're, it's the watering and the preparation and the love all ready to spring up for you. I like it. I'll, we'll go with that. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, while, while we're actually talking about uh, books at the end there, mm. for me, I, I want to recommend a book that really, this is what a couple of years ago, that moment I thought, oh my God. And it was a book called Free Range Humans. I haven't heard, I haven't read that. That's going to be oh. my homework. Um, Free Range an, Humans. Yeah, by Marianne Cantwell, an Australian oh. lady. Uh, I listened to the audio book. I bought it on Kindle. I bought the physical copy. I bought a second physical copy so I could write notes in it because I didn't want to ruin the first one. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. Uh, <laughs> I'm some sort of maniac. Um, and it it absolutely changed my wow. my complete mindset. It's the it's the best book I've ever read. Wow. What's the premise of it then? Um, again, it's a it's a real life story. So it's her life story of going to work every day and she explains that feeling of exactly what we've been discussing mm. going to work and then realizing that I, I thought I almost don't want to ruin it um, <laughs> it's the realization of you don't have to do what you've been told all your life and yeah. there there 
isn't a perfect job for everybody out there. And if you you can create your own your own life, your own job, your own way of living, mm. you've just got to find the way of doing it. it it's really hard to explain, um, but it's just about that moment of of changing the mindset of building your own life and um, discovering your strengths and skills and the difference between strengths and skills. Wow. You know, skills that are, sounds awesome. Yeah, skills so- are things that you can learn. doesn't mean you like doing them, you know. Yeah. And people often confuse the two, saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm brilliant at spreadsheets. It's like, yeah, but do you love doing it? Well, no, it's just I'm really good at it. Mm. I just, it's just what people always ask me to do. I'm really good at it. And she sort of says, okay, well, that's a skill. That's not a strength. Your strength is communication. You're brilliant at communicating. I can hear it. I can speak into you. I can see how good you are communicating. That is your strength because you're doing it without thinking about it. Mm. And she just helps you discover something. You think, oh, my God. And there's loads of exercises in the book to discover your strength. (gasps) (laughs) Honestly. Wow. What a book. book. Yeah. I'm I'm going to have to look that up. That sounds right up my street. So I have a little look at that. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Well. That is the seven steps to getting started in property investing. There we go. And that is episode number three yeah, of the... That's blown uh, by. I, I know. I like, started. I know. I, honestly, this is so addictive. I could just spend <laughs> the next week sat here recording episodes. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so is there anything... Okay, so what we didn't do in the last episode, which I just realised, is where can people get in contact with you, Anna? Oh, of course. <laughs> Um, well, across various social media platforms, uh, you, I've got a website, annapierce.com. Um, I'm on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. <laughs> so any of the above, really. Um, probably the easiest way is through annapierce.com because you can set up a free call with me. I do a free 30-minute consultation if you want a bit of one-on-one advice. Um, and then also it has my email and all my various social medias. Brilliant. And I highly recommend the free call because it's, mm. again... You just get this. It's fantastic. One-on-one time <laughs> to discuss whatever you want. It's brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. So everybody, check that out. Um, if you're enjoying the episodes, please give us some feedback on what you're enjoying and um, what you're not enjoying. But, you know, we, yeah. we enjoy the enjoying <laughs> yeah. ones. Be, be kind <laughs> with your words if you're going to yeah. get constructive. <laughs> so we, we hope you're really finding this useful. We're really excited to carry on, and we hope you're, you're uh, going to follow along with us. So episode four, do we have episode four? What is episode four going to be, Anna? Do we know? Um, <laughs> um, What's episode four going to be? Probably looking at, I think, looking at houses. Because we once we've gone through, we've done strategy area, and then the next step is property. So it's actually looking. So I think we should look at uh, starting to look at houses. But I think we can go deeper than that. We can talk about you know what to with the viewings what to specifically be looking for how to maybe talk to estate agents maybe a little bit of the direct to vendor as well so okay. a bit for everyone because i'm also conscious that we'll have people that are watching that are already doing property they don't necessarily need the first step so a little mm-hmm. bit of like um more in-depth information about looking at properties as well as if you're brand new to it okay fantastic well that was episode three thank you very much anna again thank um, you richard yeah it's been brilliant thank you so much and um We'll see you next time, episode four. See you next time. Bye. Bye.